Welcome to the Fin Nation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to Fem Nation. Today, I have a most beautiful guest. Renee Serban is an international skin expert, but more importantly, in helping people with that, she is a woman entrepreneur and we stand for that in the Fem community. So I want to introduce Renee and thank you, Renee, for coming on today. Oh, the pleasure is mine. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Let's start with the main question of our time together. Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? My mother would so laugh at that question because she would tell you like on day two. Um, <laughs> I, think <I've> always, <laughs> I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit and I do remember, you know, doing crafts and selling it at um, like, you know, farmers markets and things like that. And um, later on, um, my mom and her friend decided to delve into like selling um, clothes in their spare time. But but the fire fizzled out for them because her friend was a lawyer and mom's in, um, at that point was like doing interior design. She had a great interior design business. So, you know, just not enough t- hours in the day. So I took all their stock and opened a teeny tiny little 10 by 10 foot shop and a little um, strip mall by this amazing bakery when I was doing my last three years of high school that I actually asked my mom to do via homeschooling. So as I was sitting in the little shop doing my homeschooling, I was just selling beautiful shirts and t-shirts and things like that on the side. And the rest, as they say, is history. So there's always been an undercurrent flavor of an entrepreneurial um, you know, side to me. And um, I think going into the beauty industry was also very unplanned for me because I have to say, The biggest thing for me was when I went to university that I kind of, because I did homeschooling, had a six-month gap between finishing my homeschooling curriculum and before I could enter university. So my headspace was, okay, what can I do in the six months to, you know, build my brain, but also what opportunities lies in there. And I found a nail technology course. And I thought to myself, not because I love doing nails, although my mom is a chronic nail biter, she'll kill me for saying that. And I thought, (laughs) well, at least I can help her in these next six months with with her nails. But I also thought if that's a skill that I can harness, how cool would it be to have a a job as a student to support myself on my terms and I can either go to people's homes or doing out of, I don't know what I was thinking, my student flat (laughs) Um, and so forth and ended up working in a a salon where I was doing nails. And um, yes, it's kind of interesting that this entrepreneurial side of me was by default the the thing that actually kind of got me in the beauty industry in the end. So yes, I'd say it started by selling shirts and crafts and doing nails. (laughs) 
I absolutely love, 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 love that you did that in high school too, and really honed in some of those entrepreneurial skills at such an early age. I'm huge, huge about entrepreneurship, obviously. Um, but I have also encouraged, we have two daughters, we have five children, but two daughters, and I encourage their entrepreneurial ventures because they're the two in high school right now. And I've encouraged my sons who are older to be entrepreneurial as well, whatever they want to pursue. I've always, I've always helped that. And I find that that is such a missing skill to embrace that entrepreneurship is an opportunity and a possibility at such a young age. So I love that. I love that. And I love me a farmer's market anyway. So a little bit passionate about that kind of, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and the hard work that goes into that. But talk to me about segueing into finding your place in, you know, from selling a product to, to uh, selling the, the transformation of skincare, because a lot of women, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people in general, but for the conversation topic's sake, the skincare world is, there's so much more to it. Uh, the, the appearance, how we f- see ourselves, the beauty and, and knowing, you know, finding who we are and embracing our, our perceived flaws and our, you know, our, our beauty within as far as well as without. So what drew you to that? I always think it's so a, a deep thought process that goes behind that and I ha- or behind it. And I have to say that I blame our industry um, and playing a big role in that and also perhaps society at large where what, what, what our perception of beauty is is so far mm. from reality. And, you know, that that aging is almost like um, a nonchalant, you know, oh, nobody wants to age, but there's wisdom that comes with that. So I really get saddened when people don't embrace the aging process because aging doesn't equal unattractive at the end of the day. You know, when I talk to my clients, I'm always saying, is what I'm seeing on skin, if I have to bring it right down to the fundamentals, is it age appropriate we don't want to see a flawless, you know, baby-like skin at the age of 65, because then I have to really be concerned about where you were during this lifetime and have you actually lived a life outside of a deep, dark dungeon somewhere. You have to have something to show, you know, that you've that you've lived a life worth living, right? So, um, and our industry is very confusing to the industry at large, like uh, to the public at large, like we're our own worst enemy and throwing confusion out there. And even as estheticians, um, many a estheticians is very confused themselves and what the right approach mm. and right thing to do for skin is. And we also bring a lot of pressure on um, keeping up with the Joneses, if I can describe it so blatantly. Mm, like, yes. you know, every sparkling thing, that squirrel, shiny objects and drones, like, oh, you have to have this, have to have that where I now work really a lot with um, business owners in our field to say, you don't have to have all the things that every person or clinic down the road has. You're allowed to really niche down and be the master of something instead of the jack of all trades. But there is a lot of pressure in the industry 
to be everything to our clients. And I feel that fuels into this need to be everything to everyone that we are, especially as women, I think, you know, kind of create even for ourselves. So, you know, I really stand for, you don't have to be everybody's cup of tea. You don't have to do all the things, decide what you're going to, what you're going to master and just go with that and dare to be different than everybody else which I kind of love about my approach to skin. It's very um, rebellious in our industry. We do everything the opposite way than the industry at large. So, but to get there, I have to say, I was like everybody, I come from a family of um, medical professionals. I have a lot of medical professionals in my family. So your mindset, even though nobody came and said, Renee, you have to go and have a university education. It's just like that untold thing that I told myself that, of course, it's kind of like expected, even though nobody tells you it's expected. So I did haul myself off to university and already then I was uh, against the grain of my family. (laughs) There's a theme, I'm a little bit rebellious. And so I went to do business studies with my focus on marketing. And then as I was working in the clinic doing people's nails, I was like, oh, now this person is hair free. And I was viewing because we were doing nails out of the front like close to the reception area in the clinic and I thought wow when people come out of this treatment room that's like a magical place and four walls that you don't see what happens but when they come out after they enter it's like this transformation they were walking taller they were smiling wider they were just Mm. a bit more relaxed a little bit more confident within themselves and it really intrigued me so in the end I went to say to my mom that I and my dad that I want to do um, beauty therapy I was in New Zealand at the time that I want to go and study beauty therapy that's known as aesthetics in um, North America And I thought that my mom and dad would hit the roof because I'm actually telling them that I want to kick up university. (laughs) So so I was prepared and I knew she was going to ask me all the things like, where do you go? How much is it going to cost? How long does it take? All these things. So I had all the answers prepared, you know, as an astute like business proposal almost. (laughs) And my mom says, that's great. That's fine, but you got to finish your academic year. <laughs> so, ah. finish the academic year. I went to study aesthetics and then I ended up doing like um, management and education in the clinics that I was working at. So, I ended up going back to actually finish my, st- my business studies. But then I took all my papers that I could in human resource management. How fascinating, because this human behavior thing has yeah. always been intriguing to me. So now they kind of blend in well. And as I was doing aesthetics, honestly, my website literally says, I I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but I was spending days and days and days waxing back sacks and cracks and Brazilians. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we might have to no no, no apologies. (laughs) <laughs> it's like transparency in here. I know that you're all for transparency. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to be known as the biggest wax in town. And, you know, I like myself a nice, smooth, silky skin, but I don't want to be the one giving it to everybody. So this is what I say. <laughs> if that's your jam, do it and do it well. But if you don't like it, don't, don't build a reputation in that like I did, you know. So I I was always intrigued on corrective skincare and really dealing with acne and rosacea and, you know, chronic things like psoriasis and eczema. They were always more interesting to me. So I thought, okay, how do I change this? Because I remember the day that 
I was looking at my appointment book again, 12-hour day, back to back to back to back appointments with waxing, 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 12 hours continuously. I tell you, I got home, I could smell the wax in my pores um, and we were doing laser hair removal and you know whatever method of hair removal at that point. And I just remember breaking down in my then boyfriend, now husband's arms and saying, I, I hate it. I really hate it if that's what my day is. Mm. So he's like, what would your perfect day be? And I was like, it would be consulting educating people about their skin and helping them really improve their confidence and how they walk, you know, even if it's just for a millisecond that I can make a difference and help them walk taller. How brilliant is that? It's a very sacred thing to me that I take extremely seriously. So, you know, so I like that. And then I did, I went to do all the studies, despite my boss not wanting to send me to this amazing anatomy, physiology and cosmetic chemistry course that I've been eyeballing because the education is hard to find after you graduate. So I seeked for a long time, I found it, I took annual leave to go and do it. And it was the pivoting point of my career, where I then completely completely transitioned into becoming skin centric and I do nothing but skin correction stuff now. Mm. What, what do you see as a transformation for your, your patients? And then also in those that you teach this to as well, is it just, does, does it fulfill that, that original desire when you were seeing people come out standing taller, walking, you know, proudly and feeling confident? hundred percent. I think when I learned, uh, even as a person who studied marketing, to see through the wool that's pulled over our eyes and really seeing the science that it, you know, that's behind skincare and what really fundamentally makes a sustainable difference in our client's skin for a long-term duration. I'm not into doing something. It's, it's nice. Yes, you can have something and have a little treatment that's going to make you feel great for two days. But how awesome would it be if I can do that and it's sustainable and I can empower people by education so that they can repeat that at home on a con- on a you know, mm. continuous basis and have a healthy skin barrier that literally protects us from the outside world and doesn't trigger our immune system. I'll just pause on that for a moment because I, you know, people kind of think you're a little bit crazy, Renee, but this is how important my work is. <laughs> I kind of sell myself really high when it comes to this. We <laughs> do you, tell. Li- <laughs> you cannot live without skin. You die without skin. Right. That's how important it is. So if I can do anything that is going to maintain skin health for as long as possible, because yes, there's things that deteriorate as we age. It's not about looking young and looking flawless with no wrinkles and no pores and no color differentiation in your skin. It's about the health and integrity of the skin that fundamentally protects us from the outside world. Mm. It's a, it's an organ. It's our, isn't it our largest organ? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But it's so amazing because it is what communicates to the outside world. It signals things inside think of a skin reaction. It's the first thing that you're in touch with something that might be poisonous that is now triggering your immune system as an example. So it's a great messaging system in itself. So we want that rapid fire messaging to happen to protect ourselves, you know, from things that might attack us, allergens, pathogens, bacteriums, all these things. So I think, you know, working diligently to keep skin healthy in an environment where where there's more things like pollutants, stressors in our in our modern day life um, 
you know, it's important to be a bit more vigilant and making right choices and what we use to protect our skin and maintain skin barrier function, essentially to keep, to help assist in that aid. And the thing is, it's a, a relatively easy thing to do if we just take time to actually do it like we brush our teeth. Mm. Great analogy or, or a connection there with brushing teeth because we all know that we need to keep our teeth brushed to maintain that that part of our bodies. But how often do we consider the skin part of it and what to do with it other than just a quick fix, you know, because that those exist in the industry out there. I'm, I'm sure you know quite well. Uh, but even as a consumer on my end, you see it all the time. But it always focuses on the anti aging or the, you know, the youthful look. It's not about the overall holistic function of the skin. Exactly. And when we actually bring in those fundamental nutritional core to the skin, the beauty is that it often means that skin looks younger, looks healthier. So the portrayal of skin becomes that as an end result, which is an added Uh, bonus, even if that might not be the fundamental goal that we're chasing from a clinical point of view. So a client might be telling me, yes, I want to look good, you know, and I want to look younger. And my brain immediately thinks fibroblast. What does the fibroblast make? The fibroblast make collagen, elastin, glycoglycemoglycans. What does he need for lunch? He likes to thrive on vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, even E. We want to bring in antioxidants, especially if the person has a redhead gene. So that's like the rattle that goes on in my brain as I'm analyzing a client's skin and is considering what their skin needs in order to function at its very best. So with, uh, and you can still have your wish list of pigmentation or anti-aging or, you know, anti-inflammatory outcome tied into fundamentally having your skin functioning at its optimal level from a barrier protection point of view. It's so cool. I know I can nerd out on this all day. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, there's no lack of passion in what you do. You love it. And I love it. Yes. But you know, this is the thing I have to say, if I tie this back to business, if you will, and sorry, I'm rattling on. So interrupt me if you need to carry on, carry on. (laughs) The industry suck at business. I cannot tell you, just when COVID broke out, I ran an industry survey to find out what were people actually earning and, you know, what were they earning like before this pandemic hit and where are they at now to kind of get that data? Because I had this inkling that things are not as rosy as it seems. So I was shocked, actually very disheartened because I knew burnout is a big issue in our industry because we're people pleasers. Estheticians simply are, can't help it. Mm-hmm. Um, but because um, we're nurturers by nature. Um, but I was absolutely shocked when business owners, solo business owners were telling me that they're earning $50,000 a year. Oh, wow. And gross, because I stipulated, what's your gross annual income? 50,000, you still have to pay tax out of that, which means that you're probably making less than minimum wage at the end of the day. And that to me is completely unacceptable. When I work with business owners that it's like, we deserve to be well-paid. We put a lot of effort into the knowledge and understanding, even even if it's hair removal, whatever it might be, you know, um, nail uh, technology or some laser technologies or 
if, we're, if our focus is skin-centric like mine is, there's a lot of education and continuous education in a rapidly growing industry that we invest deeply in. I tell you, some of my clients have been with me to conferences in New Zealand, Australia, Germany. We spend a lot of cash on attending these things and, you know, fueling the gray matter between our <laughs> and then you tell me you're making a gross income of fifty thousand dollars. I was I was rabid. I was like unacceptable. But I think that this is part of like our industry, perhaps not understanding business efficiently or not understanding how to implement um, systems and procedures into a business, which is actually by default what I found out my zone of genius is because you can know all the anatomy, physiology, cosmetic, chemistry, and know how to transform a skin. But if you don't know how to, um, to implement a system in your business that allows you to communicate very clearly to the client at the end of the day, and also your team and allow you to have repeatable outcomes, it doesn't matter if you can't if you can't convey the information in the right way in a way that's meaningful to the person on the receiving end. Mm. So, so that is what I'm really good at. I'm really good at you know explaining things to people, but also putting it in a system and a process. My clients have a literally a little sheet that says step one cleanse, step two tone, and I write down the product names like literally. I change it all the time seasonally. So it's like demystifying it because once you're in something for a while, you assume that other people know even basic things, but it's not the truth. And people forget we're kind of fickle like that as humans. We forget <laughs> very easily, you know, because there's always something new and exciting that we kind of want to move towards, you know, a shiny object. <laughs> so it's very good to just come back to that basics and remind something, yes, this much cleanser. This is how you moisturize. Sunscreen comes after moisturizer, you know, simple things mm -hmm. like that. So systemizing, not just, you know, the journey for the client at the end of the day, but also what you do in clinic and having that as a system and a process that every single member in your team can do Implement it for every service, mm -hmm. every technology, so that that conveys like consistent outcomes for your clients. And so that's what I do for people who want to join me on the bandwagon of being skin centric, but which is what my focus is, but you can do it with anything in the beauty industry, any services. And I do it even for follow-up. If you buy skincare from me, oh, you're going to hear from me in three days because I want to know how that new mask is going for you. Did you have any reactions? And fancy that. Has anybody phoned you three days later to just check that that new product is working well for you? We don't do it. Not as common. Yeah, it's not, it's not common. It's not common for sure. And, and in, in helping the business owners, uh, like you do to be able to have the processes and systems, I'm a system process, you know, data feedback nerd myself, you know, coming from my accounting background back, back in the day, but you know, with all those things that just takes some of the guesswork out of them being able to do what they love and what they're passionate about the most, because now they've got something that you help them create. If I'm, if I'm catching how you're helping them build their businesses, now they've got something that they can just keep going with as their practice or their business or their, their uh, client base is growing. 
Exactly. It's a system that we implement that you can you can extend to anything new that you may bring into the clinic. You can teach it to every new team member. Um, and it's right down to, you know, building in a system of continuous education for your team. How do you continuously motivate your team? How do you build an a client recapture process even, because let me tell you, if you have not been back to your esthetician in 12 weeks, you've probably traded her in for the person next door. So how do we, you know, so how do we as an, as a, as a skincare professional prevent ourselves from being traded in by our clients? And it comes, I think, a leading with value, really delivering value to the clients and empowering them that the, that really the outcome is in their own hands. So this is an industry secret. Do you want to hear a secret? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 70% of an end result of whatever reason you're going to visit a clinic, let's say pigmentation, 70% of that end result is literally in your own hands. Wow. The esthetician or dermatologist, or nurse practitioner, naturopathic doctor, whoever the skincare pro is you're going to see can add about 30%. Now, don't get me wrong. We all want 100%. But isn't that just a mind shift to think that, yeah, the majority of the result is based on what you do at home on a daily basis. And I loop back to this teeth analogy. There's a reason you have to brush and floss every day because the, the dentist is bringing that extra 30% essentially, you know, yes, you're going to have just like that, that add on of stuff that you can't do because I have all the right tools and equipment. And if something goes wrong, they're there to kind of help pull you out of the, of, of the hole you got yourself in. So, but that is the same with skin. It's the power is in your own hands. And when you go to visit a clinic, it's like the cream on top of the cake. That that's fascinating to me, but not surprising in in a world that has is very heavy with instant fixes right and so we we as consumers i'll speak from the consumer side because i'm not i'm not in that field i'm not in the skincare field so i can't speak from there but speaking from a consumer side in general we want that magic bullet we want the thing that's just going to do it with the least amount of of hard work on our end or consistency even you know and there are people that view consistency as hard work you know we have to shift habits or shift you know thoughts or you know shift old beliefs about things in order to move in the right direction to assume some of that responsibility. How have you addressed that? Oh, you don't want to be my client almost because I tell you it's all your fault. <laughs> but, but that's it's okay. That, but I'm, this is the thing I'm, I'm honest with my clients and say, you know, so they understand this is the, uh, the goal that we're wanting to achieve, anti-aging. In order to do that, if A, you're not willing to wear sun protection, like, like let's not move forward because none of us are going to get to that end goal. And not because sun causes aging, it's because sun improve, increases an enzyme called collagenase in your skin that breaks down your collagen fibril. There's more than meet the eye. So I always tell my clients, Give them a little bit more information because otherwise you just sound like a broken record. So, you know, the why we're in the age of information. People want to understand why they're very savvy consumers these days. I'm a savvy consumer. I learn, I go and do my research before I go and buy anything. So, so absolutely. It's um, habitual changes and skin is no different 
between the food that you eat and the oral health, for example, that you care. You can have the most amazing personal trainer, but you cannot out-exercise overeating. Otherwise, I would myself be the epitome of example for that because I've admittedly fall a bit short in that department myself. <laughs> so don't, you know, but skin is the same. So all comes with that level of control that is the, where the power is in your hands. And you have, um, nobody's going to do it for you. There's a big part of the equation that is up to you to make the difference. So we can mm. guide you. And then once you have that information, it means executing it. And if you do, then you can get that great result. But I cannot do all the magical treatments for you. And then you expect to look flawless at the age of 80, you know, because you've been tanning in the sun all summer long. I live in a vacation area, so I see it all the time. People lying on the beach, you know, getting the tan in the sun. Mm, I make a lot of money with that later on. So please go ahead. I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy to help you where I can. But that's the thing. You have to, um, you know, you have to kind of empower the client. And that's where I say got to lead with value, lead with offering knowledge to the clients in order so that they're empowered to make better decisions on the daily, just like we're doing in food. And there's no quick fix with that. We know we've gone from like right. pre-prepared food and stuff. Where's the world moving to? We're moving back to real food, actually chopping yes. the stuff and putting it in the skillet ourselves and doing it at home. There's a big movement in that direction. There is no quick fixes. I would be like a billion gazillionaire if there was a quick fix because I'd be the first to offer it to you because I'm all for easier, more systemized, more automated wherever I can. But sadly, <laughs> it, it is. And then you do, and you do have some things like there's a genetic predisposition to certain skin conditions. So I think if you know that there are some, some, cards against you to begin with that you have to be more vigilant and and, and preventative care essentially it's prevention is always better than cure so why don't we do that our mindset is in that way for our general health and well-being so why would we not think that way for skin mm. even so but yes there is no yes there's stuff that can make you look good and feel really great for a period of time but if you do what you've always done you're going to get the same results so if you want a different outcome then maybe you need to consider working with a skincare professional who can help you rethink what that looks like at home and it doesn't have to take time i'm not saying it's going to take you an hour a day five minutes every morning five minutes every night all you need including, you know, for the, the skin, skincare professionals that you work with to help them grow their business. Same thing for them too. If they want to grow their business and scale their business, there are processes and, you know, procedures and systems that you can help them to establish new habits, new patterns, and new ways to move forward in their business instead of being stuck at $50,000 gross a year. I can tell you not one of my private clients work at 50,000 a year. There's this industry threshold. I call it like the ceiling that it's apparently magical to make six figures in our industry as a solo, mm -hmm. solo operator. Um, actually, the majority of my clients do six plus figures. Why not? They need money so that we can go shopping in Germany at our next conference. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm not, and it's not just about the money. There is, you know, the, the, the value of what we do is absolutely non-monetary. There is great pride in people trusting me enough 
that they would actually allow me to put my hands on their skin and tell me things about their medical genetic history, you know, all these, it's a, that's why I said it's a very sacred work that I do. I consider, and I, I, it's a huge honor for me to work with my, my end, um, my, my end consumer clients, let's say it like that. But if I can, but I can, but I'm limited in how many people I can reach in that way. And since I discovered that I have this gift of breaking down things and systems and procedures and actually implementing it, even when I was just doing training of anatomy, physiology and systems of doing an advanced skin analysis for people. I'm like, this is my gift. I'm meant to show other estheticians to do that so that we can have a bigger impact in the world together. It doesn't just stop at, at your time limitation. Now you can have a, you know, a greater expansion of being able to change more lives in, you know, in the second, third, you know, fourth ripple of it by being able to help those estheticians create differences in their clients' lives as well. Absolutely. And with the process, the science that I follow, uh, which is um, we follow the principles of corneotherapy, which really is a skincare methodology in which we aim to protect the epidermis, the outer skin at all costs. So I'll never point the biggest laser at you first. My first job is to make sure your skin barrier is functioning optimally and all the people that I work with in the industry, my peers, that is our approach. We, we make it really, really good first and then we in, like amplify it, if you will. Mm-hmm. by bringing in corrective modalities. My favorites are like dermal needling or microcurrent or LED technologies. We kind of have a more of a non-ablative approach, which is so nice. So don't worry, you're not going to have two weeks of downtime. Seriously, who has time for that anyway? Right. But it's stimulating the cells to, to do a little bit more for us when it is already optimally protecting you from the outside world. I think the approach is just so basic and so um, fundamental and, and, you know, what the skin needs. It's not rocket science, but it's extremely smart science and like, you know, very advanced in our formulations and things like that, that we choose to use. But from an end consumer point of view, it's like, oh, this is actually really basic. We use ingredients that your skin already likes that is bioidentical or has a bioaffinity. So just giving the skin what it needed from day one to begin with and eliminate the subtractors. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's really, it seems complicated, but it's so logical. Like when you understand it, it's so logical, the approach. So yes, and don't get me wrong. I like my little, you know, little bit of Botox. I don't do fillers, but I, I'm not opposed to Botox. I'm not opposed to certain treatments. But that's, you need to get the basics going. So, you know, you need that core fundamental health of the skin in place before you ask it to do anything additional. Absolutely. How has your entrepreneurial journey in evolving into how you help your your clients and your, uh, your business owners in the same field, how has that changed you over the time? And, you know, I think initially um, that I was very scared of opening my mouth and sharing what I know with people uh, for fear of being judged and literally, you know, that little devil on your shoulder that goes, well, what do you really know? Why would somebody want to ask you this or why would they want this information from you? 
And also, I'm an educator at heart. I've always been like more of an educator than a coach, um, as an example. But then as I was educating people on skin anatomy and physiology, you know, cosmetic chemistry, they were saying, oh, so what products do you use to get the outcome? What equipment do you use to get the outcome? So, and then out of the research I was doing and for teaching anatomy, physiology, and so forth, I came across the work of cornea therapy, realizing, oh my gosh, the words are so much the same. This, this, like, there's actually a science behind what I've been saying with my mentor all this time. And we came across this amazing new world of a science that actually existed since the 1960s. Actually, wow. um, from a great dermato- American dermatologist way back then, Do- uh, Professor Glickman. So um, we're like, oh my gosh, it's kind of like we found home. And at that point, I was thinking maybe I should formulate different products because I was really starting to, uh, to sell uh, based on the back of the label instead of what it said in the front of the label. And then why would you reinvent the wheel? Because it just came across my path and the opportunity to distribute it came along. So while I don't see myself as a distributor, I thought, well, yes, the opportunity was there and it is exactly what I would do for my own clients. And then in the education side of things, I just have a business savvy, always had. And, um, you know, I just realized that, yes, I am going to open my mouth, feel the fear and do it anyway and tell people, hey, I have something to share with you. I know that now you have all the knowledge and how to make a wonderful advanced skin analysis, the core of your business and highly educate your clients. But then what? How do you help clients understand the journey that they're going to take with you? Because they, you can't assume that they know. You actually have to tell people, hey, here's the next right. step and here's the next step. And these are the intervals in which we want you to come and see us to get this outcome and manage and maintain that outcome. So I just opened my mouth and I said, hey, this is what I have an offer. I have a program that I run with people now. It's called the Skin Centric Business Formula. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful because it just mm-hmm. parks things in a, in a logical sequence that is repeatable and people can segue it to their own specialty, whether that's skin or whether that's waxing, they can still use the same information to segue it. And it has been an amazing journey, but it absolutely is not quite how I envisioned my entrepreneurial <laughs> journey to go. They always say it's never what it's never the way that you imagine it to be, but it's better. And I don't work a day in my life. I joke with my clients and say, I love what I do so much. I literally never work, but don't tell anyone else that. <laughs> <laughs> Secret is safe. Yes. We'll just share it on the femme community here. That's that, that is achievable, right? hundred <laughs> percent. I love, I love it. Like, you know, and then people say, my clients always say like, how do you have time for everything, Renee? It's like, I don't feel like I'm short of time. I I get to do what I love all day, every day. And that to me is wonderful. And I think we all should be able to do that. Of course, there's some components of business that I don't love. But overall, overall, I show up and just play in my sand. But I love it. (laughs) That's amazing. How can the audience connect with you directly, either to talk to you about skincare or even to talk to you about building their business? Sure. So if you're a skin professional, look me up. I have a wonderful free Facebook page that I'm sending everybody to because it's nice and easy. It's called the Skincare Professional Strategy Group. So you can find me there. Renee Serbon, skin expert, will also lead you there. And Renee Serbon, 
renaissancebond.com. All the links to all the stuff is on renaissancebond.com. And whether you're an end user or whether you're a skincare professional, I have a huge network of people. So if you don't have a trusted institution in your backyard, I probably know one that is qualified enough, in my opinion, to refer you to if you need it. Fantastic uh, opportunity to really start taking care of that huge organ that we all need in order to continue to live, right? <laughs> yes, but I promise you it's easy. We don't make you do hours and hours on end unless you want to. You can use it as self-care as well. <laughs> what is one tip you would want to leave with the end users listening to this podcast today? Less is more. Mm. Yes. You don't need all the things. You just need the right things to make a difference for your skin. And that's where their journey can begin. Exactly. It's really simple. Excellent. Renee, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, the Femination podcast today. It's been really eye-opening no pun intended, but it's been eye-opening as far as how we can view ourselves through our own skin as well and the journey that that is and how deeply you embrace what that looks like for people as well as the business, the industry in and of itself. So thank you for being such a powerful force uh, inside the skincare world and doing what you do. And thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Guys, I want you to look at the show notes, click on the links, get to know what it looks like for you to start with that one thing that less is more. Renee has so much wisdom and has the capacity and honestly the heart to carry you through helping you find some of those solutions that maybe have just been overwhelming you to take care of you and take care of your skin. Until then, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Femination Podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, have a no BS place to ask your business questions, and connect with like-minded women entrepreneurs, join the Fem Community, our free group on Facebook. And don't forget to check out the next 21-day challenge at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Let's crack the door to what's possible when you begin leading yourself first. If you love this show, subscribe and share it with a friend. If this episode impacted you, it would mean the world to me if you left a review so others know what's possible by listening. I'm already looking forward to the next episode with you.